insert time of day here and welcome to the how long to beat podcast it's me rick as always with me are paula and alex and i am unusually energetic even for me which is good because we've got lots to get through this week and it's a slightly different running order from what you might be used to um so we're going to talk about what we've beaten and what we've retired after a brief announcement from alex hold that thought alex we're going to talk about what for us as of the time of recording was yesterday's nintendo direct the first in over a year fortunately we've got everything written down because i barely remember any of it i was actually playing cyberpunk while it was on but i digress um after that we are gonna talk topics which is even more games um specifically for any of you that caught it the steam game festival a couple of weeks ago and all the demos that we tried from that and then a rendition of everyone's favorite game say it with me how long, how to, long beat? to beat the, the game, game. The game. We were all off. <laughs> as always, as always, I'm like three seconds ahead of both of you, but we'll see. We'll see. We have a new um, monthly segment coming in here. Uh, as everyone knows, we're all participating in the Fantasy Critic League, and I'm going to let our wonderful uh, leader for that uh, activity, Abitage, take it away with a new segment where he'll round up each month. So here's January. What's up, everybody? I'm Abitage, and this is your How Long to Beat 2021 Fantasy Critic League Monthly Roundup for January. We're dropping this a little late into the month, but sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. So here's what happened in the league throughout the month of January 2021. Of course, we kicked off with the draft, featuring 13 publishers, including six brand new teams, taking on seven returning players from 2020, including the league's first reigning champion, Pokepole. There were only four publishers who had games released in January, with Horny Mistress bringing up the end of the pack with the much-hyped but ultimately underwhelming next-gen game, The Medium, scoring them five points to start off their year. However, the first points of the year went to January's third place holder in the leaderboards, Cockroach Content Corp, who made a promising start with Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, The Game, Complete Edition, landing them a respectable nine points to kick things off. Sadly though, Lord of the Rings Golem was later confirmed to be delayed, locking in zero points for that draft pick, cleverly countered by Noise Labs. Speaking of Noise Labs, they sneaked into second place thanks to a strong showing by Cyber Shadow, which brought in 12 points for this, the last game picked during the official draft. However, a short-lived lead at the top of the board went to my own publisher, Abisoft, thanks to Hitman 3 receiving a lot of attention and a decent 86 on OpenCritic delivering 16 points to take out the number one spot. Of course, it's early days and it's anyone's game. The leaderboard has already seen some significant change during the first two weeks of February, so it's still all to play for. Finally, let's have a quick rundown of what games were picked up after the draft. Funky Face Studios successfully acquired Ghost and Goblins Resurrection for a dollar, as well as outbidding Cockroach Content Corp for the Neo Collection at $6, leaving them with $93 left in their budget. CD Projekt Rick got in early with the first bids of the year and successfully acquired Goodbye Volcano High for a dollar and Fantasian for a dollar, leaving them with $98 left in their budget. Cockroach Content Corp picked up the most games out of everybody in January by successfully acquiring Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach for $5, Call of Duty 2021 for $27, and Oddworld Soulstorm for $6, leaving them with the lowest remaining budget of $62. Abisoft successfully acquired Everwild for $2 and Tunic for $2, leaving them with $96 left in their budget. Noise Labs successfully acquired Card Shark for 
leaving them with $95 in their budget. Frozen Frog successfully outbid Abisoft and acquired Tales of Arise for $10, leaving them with $90 in their budget. And Horny Mistress successfully acquired the fleshy horror shooter Scorn for $10, leaving them with $90 in their budget. Everyone else made no bids and still has a $100 budget ready to go. And that about wraps it up for the How Long To Beat 2021 Fantasy Critic League for January. But stay tuned for February's update next month. And as always, check the How Long To Beat forum and Discord for all the latest Fantasy Critic League details. Hmm, back to the studio. Thank you, Abitage. Wasn't that fantastic? He's got music. Isn't that cool? We don't have music. <laughs> it went by so fast. It's almost like it's a pre-recorded segment we're going to yeah. put in after the fact. It's crazy. It's almost. <laughs> it really, truly is almost like we just paused for five seconds, edited it in later, and then commented on it while live. It's crazy. Next month, we should just fly him in. Let's get these production values right up. <laughs> so anyway. COVID, I want, I want Abitage here. Yes. Anyway, exactly. I'm going to make the executive decision for the first time hasn't happened before today and start off myself um with the games i've beaten so i've beaten um four games this week and the first two i'm going to talk about are in the metal slug series which is a series i've decided i'm going to blast through um there's about 15 entries in total but they average out about an hour each so it's like one uncharted's worth of gameplay it's not uh, it's not the undertaking it sounds like so i've beaten the first metal slug um in its psp incarnation as part of the anthology collection uh, and I've beaten Metal Slug Advance for Shocker, the Game Boy Advance. Um, they're both really good, much more so the original, um, what was on Neo Geo or MVS, what I played on PSP. Um, it's just pure, undiluted action. You run right, you shoot things, sometimes you jump, sometimes you throw a grenade, and sometimes you're in a big fuck-off tank. That is the game, and it is glorious, and it is rendered in wonderful chunky pixel art um the gba one's a little bit different it tries to have a, a bit more of a, a varied map design but with it come problems the main one is just the rate at which enemies respawn like you look away you look back and the enemy's there again which is a problem uh, especially in this kind of game they also slightly tweak the system so in uh, the original metal slug it's one hit one kill and you have like a number of continues because it's an arcade game this one doesn't have that. It has a life bar. And if you, if you run out of life bar, you go back to um, a checkpoint. There's, there's like multiple screens in a stage. It discourages you from getting any of the things that are collectible. And they're the only thing that really give the game any kind of replay value. It has less stages even than, um, than the arcade version. And I, I blasted that in under an hour, I think. Um, which again, I expected them to be shortened. Um, I've, I've sort of pirated them all, so it's not like uh, <laughs> I've wasted any money on them. But the the main series game, highly recommend. Um, and then there's loads of others if you like it as much as I did. Um, I've also beaten Daddish 2 for Android. That was more Daddish. It's exactly what I wanted from it. Uh, it was good fun. A, a little bit harder than the first one. It actually was a little bit more challenging, a little bit quicker. Um, and it also did some interesting things in terms of level variety, stage variety, which the original didn't. I think that that really served to its benefit. Again, they're both free. You should absolutely go and check them out. If you like humor or platforming or platforming with humor. Um, and then the last one I've beaten, and this is the one that 
I'm going to be quite negative about is uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt for the 3DS. Um, it's also on PC, PS4. I'm pretty sure they ported it to Switch as well. I'd probably say avoid, honestly. It's a, a three-hour game that runs out of Steam at an hour and a half. And uh, the, la- the last half hour was mostly rehashed boss battles, which is never fun. Um, it tries to do a Castlevania-type thing where you get the bad end. Oh, but there was like a, a crystal in each of the six stages. And if you go back and find them, but I, I just didn't enjoy the gameplay to the point that I would bother. And it, it probably would have only taken me another 20 minutes because the, the stages are quite short. It's just that there's very little to them. The, the, the core mechanics of the game could have done something. And I've already bought the sequel. Um, I got them all when they were super cheap on the eShop. So hopefully they improve it for the sequel when I eventually get to that. But the levels give you so little to do with the tool set that you've got. Hmm. Um, and, and one of the few things they do give you are leaps of faith, which is always a bad thing in a platformer. So basically the, the energy ball that forms the, um, the core of your attack, you, you like tag an enemy with your bullet, and then that only really does any significant damage when you engage that energy ball. Uh, also allows you to, to slow your descent and sort of hover. So what you're supposed to do is run at these empty gaps and hold the hover. Now, I didn't realize that. I thought I'd missed like a vertical platform somewhere. I had mm. to go and then look at someone's playthrough to realize, oh, no, I was supposed to jump into the abyss. Stupid me. Um, I hate it, that shit. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't good. And it, I think I'm probably just going to end up repeating myself. The level design and the things the game designers gave you to do with their tool set just aren't engaging. That, that's the bottom line. Um, I think I gave it a six. That was probably a touch generous. I'm feeling, sort of having reflected for a couple of days, it's probably closer to a five. Mm. And that's sad because I, I was hoping to really enjoy that one. Um, but it is what it is. And uh, if you can find it cheap enough, it's probably worth a look. Just go in with expectations very tempered is what <laughs> I would say. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the four games I've beaten. Uh, what about you, Alex? Yeah, so I beat Snack, which uh, is the 10-minute yes. game. It's it's one of the 10-minute t- game ones. It's just, it's actually um, really gave me uh, Carrion vibes. Like, um, it's kind of what Carrion is like, only Carrion is, like, obviously a more polished, long experience. Um, but it was really fun. It's a quick little game. Control this little snack thing in, like, this underground facility, and you're trying to escape, and there's some cool little puzzles you do with it. And it was 10 minutes. I mean, I can't complain. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I also beat... Um, so I got... I, I'm going to have a little little brag here, because I want to. Um, and I haven't talked about this with <laughs> with Paolo and Rick, but I got on, off Kijiji the other day, a modded Game Boy Color, um, which has, like, the IPS screen... And the dude gave me four games with the two, like Donkey Kong, uh, F1 Racer, like Baseball. Um, what was it? Some other one. Oh, I think it was one of the LGN Spider-Mens, which is just terrible. But all these games gave me a Pokemon shell for it as well with all the extra buttons for 100 bucks. And I was like, huh, what? And that's 100 CAD, right? And like the IPS screen goes for $60 American. I was like, wow. Yeah, and $60 American is like 100 CAD, isn't it? It's, it's not far off. It's pretty much. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. I know, right? I was like, holy shit. So I was just like, yes, I will take that. And I ha- I got the easy junior flash cart. Um, 
And so I've been playing some uh, Game Boy games and Game Boy Color games. And honestly, the Game Boy Color is probably my favorite system. I just have so many good nostalgic memories with it. And it's the games are so simple and yet addictive. And I find you can just sit down and just lose time in these games. Um, and I beat Super Mario Land DX, which some will be like, what, there's a DX version of Super Mario Land? <laughs> I was uh, literally an hour before we recorded. <laughs> yeah, but the reason I want to say that is because, no, there isn't, but there's a ROM hack of it. And it's really good. Now, there are some, like, occasionally people mention there can be some little graphical, like, dithering sometimes with the color version, but I haven't noticed anything. And it honestly, it's gorgeous. Like, it really ups that game so much. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Um, it's short, like, you know, it's like an hour or so. But I liked the length of it for what it was. I feel like if you bought this, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like 12 stages, that's it? You know, like pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're just playing through it, like I'll be honest, at first I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm going to be through this in no time flat. Like I got through the first two worlds like so easily. And then I got to the third world and suddenly I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm dying. <laughs> and I just kept like dying and then had to really and I was like, oh, I get it. You breeze through the first two worlds and you get good at those worlds. And then those worlds allow you to like build up, you know, light lives. And then the gauntlet of the last two worlds is like now say hello as I take all your lives from you. <laughs> Um, the second half of the game comes at you it absolutely does yeah, it's like we gave you enough it's time to go um but i really enjoyed it i was like this is a great game and i think you know i played the second one when i was younger i had that cart and the second one is just it's leagues better but that's even to say that i loved this first one so i'm excited to go back and revisit the second one which also has a dx rom hack um Ooh. yeah so there's a color rom hack of it um by the same person i think so anyway i, I highly recommend if anybody uh, can play this on the original hardware with a flash cart, like, or even just on a Game Boy Advance. That's also fine. It's it's really worth it, and especially because I I often play older games with save states, and I think those are incredible and they're fantastic. But like Rick and I were both talking about this, like I think this is a game that really benefits from not doing that because it's mm-hmm. short enough that when you lose, it's actually kind of satisfying to be like, shit, I gotta go back and do it again. And like, you're really building your skills up as you go through it. And so I was getting addicted. It was almost, it was almost roguelite-ish in a way. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, I've died. Okay, I'm gonna do it this time though. And like you go through it. And so, except obviously in this case, you can memorize the patterns and like learn how they go. So anyway, highly recommend it. Check out the- And the just, before you, just before you move on to do your thunder a little bit, the sequel is both very different and miles and away a better game yes actually has a save system mm-hmm. um i might actually go and find the dx hack because that has a special place in my childhood yes yeah, um but if 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 anyone listening only has time for one super mario game boy game then oh <laughs> then yeah the, sec- the second the one. second one is the one to go for yeah. but uh yeah sorry but let's be real done. here it takes you about an hour and like 10 minutes to get through it you got time for both <laughs> wow sad tiamat noises oh uh, yeah that's fair yeah maybe not Tiamat. yeah uh, although i'm certain he's played both of these games <laughs> mm. um but yeah i mean it's fair that like this is a launch title game right like i mean it was before saving was even a thing in these and like really they're just figuring out how this thing works um so in that sense it's kind of neat but you're right i i agree with you 100 percent. second one is the way to go uh paula why don't you tell us what have you beaten dun 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 oh this is gonna be a little rant here i'm sorry <laughs> That's what but I said, dun, dun, dun. I <laughs> a, i'm here I, for this i finished persona 5 dancing starlight for the ps4 
sometimes I feel there's like some kind of games that you can't really like fucked up because like it's a rhythm game whereas in F5 even with all the problems I have I can recognize it has like very good music mm-hmm. they fucked up the rhythm game for this game how so I'm man? like okay so yeah 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 here we go <laughs> here we go first of all um, I wasn't expecting a lot from this game, especially since I already went through Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight a while ago. So I wasn't expecting a story mode. Still, I found it like pretty much bullshit that it takes place like in a dream after the events of Persona 5 Vanilla. Uh, so everything has zero consequences. It's like, it's like a sequel, but not because it, it, nothing happens really. Mm-hmm. And they are dancing because, like, the Velvet Room assistants from Persona 3 and 5 just uh, heard about the adventures of the Persona forecast and were like, you know what, my, my, what's the word I use for it? Like, the, like, my contractor or my uh, well-carried user is better than yours. So we're gonna do the dancing thing and demonstrate who which team is better, pretty much. Mm-hmm. From Elizabeth is something that I expect because Elizabeth is weird as shit. And and she actually she's pretty funny, like when she talks to the um C's uh investigation team. Uh, on Persona, on the Persona 3 side of things. So it's like, okay, this kind of makes sense because she's woofy now. But like the trains are like, why? Why join this thing? So like, okay, that, that aside, the Persona 5 music is like pretty good. Like, uh, like from all the people that have listened to this uh, soundtrack, even though they haven't played the game. Most people that I know really enjoy it. Hmm. But for some reason, uh, the music selection for, selection from this game is like the worst music selection out of all three games. To the point that there's like three remixes from for one single song. Oh. And it's like not the uh, very good or distinguishable, distinguishable remixes. So, is it is it like Persona Four Dancing, where all the songs are remix versions? There's none, just like standard songs ripped straight from the game. I or think there's there a couple of standard songs uh, straight okay. from the game, but they are usually like uh, all remix- remixes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of sad because, like, I felt like there were like some songs that really didn't need that to fit into the rhythm game scheme but they felt like they had to do it um well, you can't sell a separate soundtrack they, if it's just yeah the songs and they from persona 5. <laughs> wow that's true they even like arranged some of the songs that i was like oh these are cool i know these songs so weird like, I don't know what they did. Like, for the Persona 3 version of the game, it's like, they knock it out, out of, of the park with some of the re- remixes. Not as much with uh, as with the Persona 4 uh, music, because they 
I don't know what they did. They did magic with that soundtrack, but with the person at five, they just dropped the ball entirely. Well, I feel like they're in a uh, rough situation, right? Because Persona 4 is, on a, is so good, right? Like, it's such a... Like, the story made sense. It actually fit in the world they had. And, like, everything about it was so... I feel like you fucked yourself, you know? It's too good. <laughs> wow. I mean, they, they spent so much time making it its own special thing. And it's like, oh, shit, that's sold. Quick, let's get two more out. And obviously, they didn't get the same attention. Yeah. Um... But but it lives or dies by the songs, and if the remixes are that bad, the no no amount of story was going to fix that, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, even though like, okay, the the story was pretty much non-existent. Uh, so like the uh, like with Persona for Dancing All Night, you have like your story. So you have you went through the songs via the story and then you have your credits and the music like the songs went like up in difficulty and then you're like free to do whatever you want in the freestyle mood but here like um i forgot that there were like credits to this thing and it that the ending was so bad it's like why even bother why didn't you just make it freestyle all together so I don't know why they even bother with the story because what it's uh, whatever is there is like bad. And then like there's the interactions with the cast that you need to do in order to unlock more stuff. And it's like why? Because like the the characters were already like kind of one dimensional. Some of them were like two dimensional, but then they still roll everyone, and it became paper thing like. The, what is personality? What is character development? Is it tasty? And and now I'm so worried because I've got them both on my shelf and I'm going to have to go into them with this negative thing on them already. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, okay. I, got I don't have a character or anything against people who like or enjoy the characters from Persona 5. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like one character that kind of saves it for me. But the rest of the cast is like, why? And I actually did like at least half of the team's like socialize all the way through and didn't find anything interesting. But that aside, uh, so yes, like uh, every step of the way, like playing this game, I just found more and more comparison with Persona 3 and Persona 4 and Persona 4 dancing. The thing is, Persona 3 and Persona 5 dancing all night. They were supposed to be like one game because like if there were like one game, it would have like more or less like it's still like less amount of content the Persona 4 dancing all night. But at least like they could have done something a little bit more interesting, like having the characters in track with the different the other cast. Or like have an actual competition between them or do something among yeah. those lines. But then they could have only charged you once. <laughs> that is a thing. And so, also, in fact, that stuff's in Persona Q. If like that's what you're desperate for, like obviously it's a completely. I different played kind of Persona game. Q. Don't I say anything Persona bad about Q. it. I'm going to be playing that soon. Don't say anything bad about it, please. <laughs> that is actually a good crossover game. So <laughs> thank you. You're going to enjoy that. <laughs> I, it sounds to me a little bit like these dancing ones have just become kind of grab like it was like four was a good idea right like someone was like oh this would work in four and then they were like oh it worked now i guess let's do it with the rest like you're saying rick right and it's like yeah you know it seems to me like it's a better idea to just 
make a game when you got the good idea instead of freaking trying to force it into all these other ones. Well, it was still yeah. a good idea. It just needed time and love. And and given the tale that Persona Five has, tale like length, not tale as in story, you you could totally have afforded to wait on that one. Yeah, like yeah. give all give all the time and resources to Persona Three, and then bring. Because, you know, we've been waiting long enough for Persona 5 Strikers. They could have found a window to put it somewhere. It wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah. yeah that's the thing. They they were, like, super fresh. Like, even the the special edition, like, for the <laughs> two games, the box is <laughs> ugly. Like It's, it's an the, art book that's built into the case that the discs are in. Yeah, but it's like the way six they market pages it. It's just at the front. It's awful. <laughs> It's awful. The way they market it is like, oh, you get your pretty books and the placeholder art was actually better than the uh, than the art we got. And get on this. If you want to the good game, Persona 4 Dancing, the only way you get it is if you buy the special edition of 3 and 5. Yeah, of course. Which, by the way, I went back Slime. into playing after after this. Yeah. It's, you can't win whichever system you're on because they didn't even bring... The, the three and five dancings on Vita to the West. Like they're available, but they're only in Japanese. Uh, should mm. we move on to the games we've retired? We probably should. And Paula, I'd love for you to crack on because yes, I'm please. really curious to hear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me find my notes on this one because I oh, have quite a lot of notes for the Persona dancing that I didn't even go through. <gasps> so. Fire Emblem Child Dragon and the Blade of Light. I thought it was an actually good game when I started. <laughs> I was young. I was naive because, like, there were like little things that I didn't bother me as much at the start, like the tent being the other, the only way to go to the convoy, and sometimes the tent being difficult to access to go to the convoy. But then it started being a noise, a nuisance. Like there was like this one level where I desperately needed to get items because. For some reason, all my weapons broke like at the same time. Also, I don't know why, how that much is calculated. I have no idea because like I have a couple or maybe more like fully level up with the best weapons in the game after like upgrading my units because you can like give uh, this item to like turn your your cavalier into a paladin, for example. Mm-hmm. Which I forgot the the name of the item. So so I have like all my a lot of units like promoted. That's the word I was looking for. Promoted, high level with very good equipment, and they barely were doing a scratch on the units on chapter twenty four. The chapter twenty four was like a very long chapter, or it could be a very short chapter. So what happened is like there's all these mandaketes, like the dragon people. And they are bulky, and some of them are immune to magic. Okay. And that was a pain in the ass because each turn until turn 50, they will just keep coming uh, for your units. And the thing is, how do you survive that many waves of dragons? And how do you even get to the boss with that many waves of dragons? So, what I ended up doing is just teleporting like Nabar, who was like one. Is who is one of the best units on the game. Kill the boss and then teleport the mark to the castle to seize it. Teleport. So, You've lost me. It, is he oh, able there, to just like... Yeah, there's an item that is a warp uh, thing that your 
healers can use. So they just can warp one unit to the other side of the mountain if they want. The thing is, I only have one warp one and it has seven uses. So ah. I just have to pick the strongest guy in my in my army and have him like kill the boss and then teleport Marth and have Marth like seize the castle because for this game you don't have to kill like all the units on the map. You just have to seize the castle the with The objective, Marth. right. Yeah, the thing is like when I get this like the throw like Tiki or Noe or Nah from the newer Fire Emblem games. Tiki's a very good like unit to use, but for some reason, their dragons are tanks and they're immune to everything. So it wasn't fun. So you pretty much have to have silver equipment. For to have silver equipment, you need to have money. And even though this game throws you a lot of money early on, and especially if you have a thief, which I usually don't use the thief in the Fire Emblem games, or if I use them, it's like I choose one to use and don't break them like to every map. The way you're gonna get the most money in this game is have your thief like get to every chest in 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 any kind of castle or fortified thing you have in the map. Thieves are pretty frail, so you don't usually get all the chests. Or if you do, you have to like farm them after killing off every other enemy on the map because then you arrive to chapter 24 I have no good no silver weapons or have like three silver weapons and that isn't enough for the final chapter of the game because for some reason they decided to have your units like split into this fortified structure which by the way the doors close start closing after certain chapter i mean after mm. certain turn like uh for example they put to, because you you can't choose where to put your own units either you can't choose where to put your units and if you want to put your units in a very specific place you have to do something very stupid because you pretty much have to try to list them in different orders because you don't know like where your units are going. You just select your units, hope they're like in the right place and go with them up. Sadly, for some reason, Tiki and another unit who was a healer were in the in behind the door behind the door that goes like up their turn two or three. So guess guess what? I have two less units to go through this map. That's I with my tank he's a tank it doesn't do damage it's supposed to tank him and then i have all my paper like my glass cannon units together and if i can kill everything on my way with those then i'm busted because i have no tank and no healers there I, so I, yeah i was like pretty frustrated in the last chapter because in the in chapter 24 i have to keep up all the experience the dragon gave me because otherwise i didn't have enough weapons or enough damage dealing units to kill them off because even though like my all my magicians weren't able to attack all the the magic immune dragons and those were pretty resistant to my physical units because until that point i didn't have problems with magic immune units so i didn't bother like having as many physical units because my ma mages were just sweeping armies so yeah no I, I am mad. Only available for a year because they're like, <laughs> they won't buy it. No if one's we don't gonna buy it want that. Here's the thing: this game has been remade at least two times, at yeah. least because I was planning to do like a fireman marathon, like go through all the games. So the next game would have guidance, but I have echoes, so mm -hmm. that's a remake. And then the third game is um, Mystery of the Emblem. 
and that has book one that is a remake of Fire Emblem One, which I'm uh -huh. not gonna play uh -huh. again in an older system because there's a DS remake also for that game. Yes, because they did two, didn't they? They did Shadow Dragon, which is a remake of the original, and then it's yeah. like book of something or other i feel like it's like a george rr R. martin type title which is what you're saying is the third game originally remade for the audience's yeah, so benefit powder that was chapter 24 of 26 that you bailed out 24, on, right? 24 the dragons and 25 fucking impossible if you don't have enough physical units and like silver equipment in all your physical units so um, what i'm meaning is you were that close to the end and it was still just too much for you to like get it over was, the line yeah because if I wanted to try to beat the the uh, chapter twenty five, I should have gone back to chapter twenty four because there's like a turn rewind and you can like, still rewind to another chapter. I would have needed to select some units again there to level up in that chapter, <sighs> and then just wait it out for God knows how many turns, maybe all fifty turns, so I actually have enough uh experience on my on my characters and hopefully they don't die before that and hopefully i still have weapons after that ordeal nah, and then go that. to yeah fuck all that i i was no no fuck all that because like there's the thing like it is an old game so old games don't tell you stuff on the game they tell you stuff on the manual you know if that so, and sometimes yeah so the thing here is that I also had to redo chapter 22, I, and I say this, there was an item I needed to get because in chapter 23, the only way to kill a specific unit and get falchion, the, the sword Mart uses, by the way, a silver sword or a rapier do more damage Bro, than falchion. Bro, you're stressing me out. I'm like, I'm like having secondhand stress from this game. <laughs> I am sorry. So no, yeah, there's a DS remake. There's a DS remake for the game. Yeah. And from what I could gather, because I start playing, it has a prologue that explains things mm -hmm. in the first place. And I'm sure it's a far better game than this one. So don't bother. Say your five or six bucks. I don't know if you haven't bought it already. Don't buy it. Go play the better game. Please, please, do yourself a favor. Yep. Paula went through this hell for you. <laughs> I went through hell so you don't have to. It was horrible. It was horrible, I tell you. Oh, it stresses me out more than Fire Emblem on Lunatic Mode, like Awakening on Lunatic Mode. That was easier than, than that last chapter. Shit, okay, that's fine then. Final question before we close out. If you had to play one again, Pokemon Sword and Shield or this, which would it be? This. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the challenge over the brain numbing experience. This has been Hot Takes with Paula. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, dear. Uh, Rick, why don't you regret this? Sure it's going to go. I've got two much more relaxed retirements. Yeah, so it, it, the, the, adre the adrenaline rush is over for now, at least. Um, <laughs> the, the first one was a game called Crystal Defenders for the PSP. Um, and for anyone who isn't aware, uh, that is set in the Avalis universe of Final Fantasy. So it's um, like your Bangars and your Humes and your all the other ones. Wait, is it like um, Crystal Chronicles, like that world? Crystal Chronicles is different. No, so I Ivalis Alliance is um, FS12, oh, the tactics and advanced games, 
and there's a there's a few other mobile games that are, that are set in that sort of realm as well. Gotcha. Um, so this is a tower defense game, which not usually my jam, but I thought I'd give it a go. The problem is it's a tower defense game with endless only maps. So it's not like objective based. It's just crack on until you get bored or run out of like the ability to keep up. No. Um, so I, I, I played two maps and it's like, all right, I, I've, I've seen all I need to see from this. And it's a good tower defense game. Very, very basic. There's only like six different unit types. So very basic, but good fun. And if I was someone who's into that genre, I played it on my little PSP Go. That would be a great bus game because obviously you can sleep the PSP, play it for 10 minutes on the bus, sleep it, and then go and do whatever you have to do and maybe think about it again on the return journey sort of thing. But uh, we don't take buses in, in the current... Anyway, I jokes aside, like it's even if I was taking a bus, I'd play something else before I played this. Um, but that's probably more a me thing. It's fine, just not for me. Uh, the other one, and I alluded to this very briefly in the Discord, um, is Dark Meadow which is a game you can't actually play anymore uh, unless you already have it or you're willing to jump through the Android hoops to get it on uh, via an APK. The problem is, and this is a little bit of a history thing, so um, Dark Meadow came out not very long after the first Infinity Blade. Shares some things with it, most notably the combat style, um, but adds an actual proper story, a world you can actually explore beyond a few like slideshow screens. But I don't think it sold very well because about a year after it released, it became free to play. And a lot of the best gear is locked behind a store that is no longer active. And the currency that you used to get it, you were able to get for free by watching adverts. Those adverts aren't served for you now. So you can't really do it. Now, I I would have gotten around that. I would have struggled through. The problem is they've... Whether it was like that before they put the IAPs in or not, I don't know. But the way the story is structured, you're working your way up the hospital um, to try and discover the secrets of, of this place. And the story, I've watched videos on YouTube now, like what little there is left of it explaining the story. So the story, as I've experienced it, is actually pretty interesting. Mm. There's loads of vlogs in the hospital. Uh, whoever the voice actress that voiced the 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 main... I wouldn't say antagonist, but the the other main human character in the game does a phenomenal job. It's some of the best voice work I've ever heard in a game. Um, but to make any progress, I would have had to have ground from level 10, which is where I'd gotten to just organically playing the gameplay, uh, to around about level 25, if the internet's to be believed, to have a reasonable chance of beating the boss I was up against. Uh, and that wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> Not not with the gameplay being what it is, which is fine, but very repetitive with the same three or four enemy types coming at you every time. The other little quirk as well is because it's a, an old, it's designed for an older version of iOS, the screen is slightly smaller than the screen of the device. And so whether there was some bad touch detection or I was just hitting the wrong parts, I kept missing the evasion buttons. Uh, and you can imagine that caused a few problems. So... I, I just went and watched how the story plays and, and, and gave up on that, which is this worries me about the future, just to take a slight tangent of some excellent mobile experiences that through ineptitude, through the nature of the way these games are set up, through servers going down or being abandoned or whatever else, just can't be reasonably played. Like if I had nothing else going on in my life, except podcasts and dark meadow maybe i could get to the point where i could organically progress through that game 
but it, it just isn't realistic at this point. And, you know, again, there's some excellent story and voice work that's lost to that, that practical reality of the situation that the game now finds itself in. For those of you that can still access it, because most people can't. Nice. Um, I'm going to go real quick here because it's not much to say. Um, I, I retired Immortals <laughs> Phoenix Rising because Yakuza is my life now. So <laughs> I just don't got time for it anymore. <laughs> um, game's fine. I got what I wanted. Not me. Yeah, right? Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, I'll probably go back to playing it at some point. It's just, it's it's one of those like, done for now, but I've got it. And Axiom Verge as well. It just didn't click with me. I wasn't looking for a Metroidvania like that at the moment. It's also just like a pretty simple one now, uh, like in retrospect, right? Like I think when it released, it was like, this was serving a real hunger. But now when I play it, I was just kind of like, eh, yeah, just kind of a basic Metroidvania. It's fun. There's a new one coming out. I bet you that one's going to be even better. So I'm like, I might just wait for the second one and jump in in that case because I don't really think there's a whole big story I got to catch up on. You know, <laughs> Metroidvanias aren't really known for that. So uh, that'd be fine. All right, now let's move along. We're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct, which was, as Rick and I both said, fine. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, so, so a little bit of inside of baseball. We were all... Um, in the little private Discord chat that we've got going on behind the scenes of this podcast while the Direct was on. Um, I think you two were sort of properly watching it, but I was just playing Cyberpunk while it was on and just sort of keeping an eye on what came up. So yeah, I, only, I, jumping a little bit ahead, only saw a tiny bit of the dumpster fire that was the DC uh, Super Team Best Friends trailer, for example. Um, horrible. But we, we literally, me and Alex, at the end, at the same time, type. Well, that was okay. <laughs> variations thereof. Um, yeah, there wasn't yeah, a whole I, lot to go on. Like, I mean, Pyra's in Smash now, which is, which is cool. At least it's not Fire Emblem. That <laughs> <laughs> is sorry, user though. I, I, I found the real trailer to be yeah. cool, but at the same time, I was like, I forgot they sounded that way in English because I was playing with the Japanese voices. Look, I'll be honest. And then you. I have like a British a weird accent, mm. steady with the voices <laughs> that don't match the characters, and I'm like, huh. Yeah, I get that way whenever I watch like videos of Dragon Quest Eleven where they're speaking in English, because like I played it in Japanese as well, and I was like, what the heck? Um, and so uh, it's really weird. But that Xenoblade Chronicles Two, that that, that that game's boring as shit. Like I, I know people love it, but I, I played a lot of that game too. I feel entitled to talk about it. It's boring, but it just, it shit was boring. Like I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die if I have to keep fucking doing this asinine combat. Anyway, uh, there's some people who really love it, but I think it's a small. It, it has a small but passionate fan base, and I'm so happy they enjoy it. Uh, that's all I'll say on that. You couldn't be um, any less here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a member of the small passionate fan base is here. Yeah. Man, I will be when I get a Switch. I liked the first one, so I think that will probably be up my alley as well. I feel like it's a lot what we're trying to say is you're, What we're trying to say is you're outnumbered, Alex. That's what we're trying to get at. That's fine. I'll hold my ground. <laughs> but there were some cool games announced. So, like, I mean, Fall Guys is coming, which that seems like a no-brainer. I, I, I'm amazed it's not on the Switch yet, you know? I mean, the, the answer is pretty, pretty simple as to why. It's a Devolver game. It's a small studio. Yeah. Um, and they got that Sony money to do the yes. uh, to do the PS Plus release, which, in fairness, is what made the game. It's yep. um, and, and and that shouldn't be credit taken away from them because uh, Destruction Derby's trying to do that and failing. Uh, Worms Rumble tried and failed to do that. It's not a free meal ticket. The game has mm. to be good for that to work. And totally. it was true of Rocket League. 
and it's true of this. And um, I think I said when we were watching it, there's no way that doesn't do fucking gangbusters when it drops on Switch. Oh, yeah. No way. Lord, I'll probably get it on Switch <laughs> just so I can play it, like, handheld. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm like, I got it for free yeah, on PS Plus, so I'll throw some money at them. I don't mind. They're great. <laughs> um, hey. I also wanted to shout out, so Edward Wilds is coming to the Switch. That's a great game. We talked about that on the thing, mm. too. Also, this Famicom Detective Club, which I'm sure Paula might be interested to talk about, but this visual novel looks really neat. This is a 1988 game remade and simultaneously one of the best animated games going that looks incredible in the trailer it's all like cool i know i was like that was Mm. like a standout Mm -hmm. thing for me sorry i interrupted you pal go on sorry it looks super cool and also i am pretty sure that either moti on the uh, how long do we uh this group or someone and or someone on my Twitter feed, I swear I saw someone talking about this game just before the direct. Like, oh, I really? hope this. I think that I... Was, yeah, I think that was on the Discord in fairness because apparently it was announced like a year ago, and then just radio silenced, and then they like, oh yeah, it's still happening. Don't worry. It's the first time it's coming to the West too, from what I understand. It looks kind of Phoenix Wright. Gonna check it out. You know, like just like murder mystery ish, and I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, well, that might be the visual <laughs> novel I play this year. Steins Gate might have to wait. <laughs> that one looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might have to Stein's wait. I will see myself out. <laughs> oh, why, Rick? There was a Legend of Mana, like I, I can't even call it. I, I wrote remake question mark. I don't think it is. I think it's like basically a port, isn't it? With like a few extra things in there. It looks like the only thing they've done is redo the soundtrack. Yeah. It's um. But I think you can. I'll, I'll probably end up playing on my PSP. Right? Yeah. Yes, but then like you're playing an rpg you're going to want to have encounters like i yeah. i appreciate the option but it's not enough for me to buy a game i can play for free on my psp no, totally. it just straight up isn't though i will say um and like there are obviously some other games in there too but if anyone else sticks out we can talk about them but the one i'm the most excited about is mario golf baby <laughs> like i love the mario golf games and super rush this game looks nuts story mode is back and speed golf like you could play competitive golf where you hit the ball and then you have to run across the course to go hit the ball again i'm like that's awesome i'm here for this game i mean yeah it sure is golf <laughs> Maybe <laughs> because like I was like, oh, this just looks like golf until you have to race uh, and play at the same time as everyone else. And I actually found that to be pretty cool. Yeah. Right. It's a clever idea for a party game. Besides that, I have zero interest. So I'm sure I'll play it with a friend who is a schmuck enough to give Nintendo sixty bucks for it. But hold on, I uh, don't have a Switch. But even if I did, probably wouldn't be buying it. He, but go he, on. Here's what I'm gonna say though. I know a lot of people sleep on these games, um, and I, I can't speak for the more recent ones, but. For instance, the Game Boy and like Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, all of those, the golf games on those games are full-fledged RPGs made by And Camelot. this one is as well. They showed that in the yes. trailer, didn't they? And they're it's, um, really good RPGs is the thing. The, on- the only one I've played is the tennis one on the GBA, which uh, we managed to finagle with like Nintendo points back when that was still like a big thing. Oh, nice. uh, when they like, I think it is still a thing in fairness, maybe not so much over here, but like where they do the physical rewards. Uh, that was the game we got. And yeah, you're right. It, it is a proper RPG just with sports ball as like the uh, the encounters. And I'm hoping... It's still just a sport. 
like oh, yeah, yeah, still yeah. still i've always been a fan though of like i don't know God. what it is the golf games are just fun for me like i just enjoy them and um but the people who made the tennis games they also made the golf ones of course i don't believe camelot makes those anymore i could be wrong i can't remember um i'm not actually sure if camelot is like still around <laughs> I, I think they are but they're like the golden side developers and stuff i have to i have to look this up which is probably something i should have done beforehand but anyway uh, i'm googling while you talk don't you worry nice. i'm one step ahead of you Anyway, it's out June 25th, so I will probably... I, I mean, I doubt I'm going to buy it right away, but like, I'm certain I'm going to end up playing this at some point just to play some insane... Once we can do couch co-op again, just to play some insane uh, insane golfing games. Um, <laughs> yeah, so then they just, they, just, they just showed a bunch of games that are coming out. Like, they're all ports, basically, except No More Heroes 3. Was there one you wanted yeah, to That looks bonkers. Yeah. Like, that just... I don't even know what's going on anymore in that game, like... I already knew that the number heroes games were kind of crazy, but I think this stops anything that I've, that I've seen from the other ones. Or maybe it's just yeah, me, because I, I haven't played any of the other ones. I don't know. It looks pretty nuts. It looks about right up the alley. Of that I know, Rick, didn't you counterpick this one for <laughs> Fantasy Critically? I did, and, and on two counts. First, I didn't really think it was going to come out this year, if I'm honest. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. And second, even if it does, I don't know if any of you guys remember, they did like a spin-off game. Yeah, uh, it was like Travis Strikes Back or something. Yeah, did not review very well. So I thought, well, you know that that's enough reason. And there wasn't really anything that I was strongly convinced on a counter. Uh, by the time the counter picks got to me, I still think this could potentially fall on its ass. I think you're fully because wrong. <laughs> I I might be. I Billy, might be. It, 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 it looks like more of the same. I suspect that might be a cause for criticism. The odd job thing has been criticised in both of the previous games. If it's more of the same, then that could be a cause for criticism. I can see a world where this gets 60s critically and kills it with its fan base. I can see that reality. Whether that's cope, I don't know, but that that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think you're maybe coping a little bit because No More Heroes has a solid 83 on, on Open Critic and No More wow. Heroes 2 has what a solid a 79 which isn't huge but i don't know man I, I, it's the right trend is the most important thing no but those were the ones <laughs> those were the ones reviewed in 2020 like that's the reviews from the re-releases so if those old Ooh. games reviewed that well <laughs> still trending the right way still trending yeah, the right way yeah but those older that's games <laughs> Tune in in August when we talk about Rick's sad counterpick. I won't be on the call. On a, on a lighter note, I can confirm that Camelot both still exist and oh, are the developer for Super Rush. Oh, they are? Oh my God, I'm in then. I'm totally they in. Are. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> if, no, they are, they've made the best of these. If they're the developer, yeah, thou, were you, no worries at all. Um, it's basically all they've been doing since 2012 is um, yeah. Mario sports games. Their last non-Mario sport game was uh, the Golden Sun DS game in 2010. Which I really like that game. People shit on it, but I liked it. Anyway, th oh, one game though that I have to point out, which I'm saying like major what the fuck on this, is the Capcom Arcade Stadium they just like were mentioning like, oh, look, all these arcade games are coming out. BT dubs, you can pay extra and get Ghosts and Goblins. And I was like, uh, excuse me, like <laughs> you're releasing this like compilation <laughs> game, remake of that game, right? And like you're, you're releasing this compilation and then there's like DLC for it. Like, dude, just put the game in it. Like that is low blow, man. Um, I mean, I think it is. Yeah. But people will do it. This is the thing. They'll keep doing it if people keep stumping up the money. I won't. I don't give a fuck about ghosts and goblins. I've got no skin in the game. If I did, I might stomach my, that's not the right phrase. 
I might swallow my pride <laughs> is what I was angling for. That's fair. I do like Ghosts and Goblins a lot. I mean, I had it on the Game Boy Color and it was fantastic. But also, on the Game Boy white, Color, yeah, the Game Boy Color port of it is fantastic. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's I didn't know that existed until today. Sorry, crack on. No, no, yeah, I, I was a young child who thought this game looks fun, and then got my ass kicked for like five years. Um, <laughs> uh, and you also played some Ghosts and Goblins, what? Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. That took me a second. My brain didn't clock in on that joke. <laughs> that Accurate. was a thinker, is what that was. <laughs> but yeah, Neon White also looks interesting. This is that like first-person shooter deck builder that looks like Shin Megami Tensei, but also... When it opened, I thought it was going to be SMT5 yeah. when it had right? that set of scales. And I saw the trailer, I was like, oh my god, they're actually going to tell me when it launches. And then, of course, they fucking like, I I had that feeling that it wasn't SMT5, but at the same mm-hmm. point, at the same time, it had that SMT feeling at the start. Right, it, yeah. was weird. it was weird. I know. I was like, but Annapurna SMT. <laughs> and, and we were saying this when it came on. A deck builder first-person shooter shouldn't work, but I can totally picture a scenario where it does having seen the trailer. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea yeah. of, fuck you, this is the next move you've got to do. Work with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually could really be a cool concept to play around with yeah it's on my radar i also have to say the dc superhero girls thing like look i'm just not the target market like i'm maybe it's fine but it does kind of look a little bit like a this is what girls like right kind of thing you know and like maybe it is i don't know what the youth like these days (laughs) but i'll I'll tell you what girls don't like shit video games and it looks like a shit video game like it looks so cringy it's like that is i don't i don't know where the meme is like from like it's like the oh joe kids like the the old guy with the skateboard and yeah. the, <laughs> How do you do and the hat and That's stuff like that yeah. i can be like stuff like it was something like that because like yeah i don't know like i've seen games that i know i'm not target audience for but i've seen like how they play and it's like okay i can see this having a target audience in the in the in the first place but this game is like, who is this game for? Mm. Like, girls who like, like, makeup and stuff like that. Girly girls, is that what usually not into video games. I and mean, if they are into video games, it's not this. Like, yeah, right. Like, I mean, it's got to be a good game, you know? Like, games that don't target themselves. Yeah, it's like, whenever you try to target a game at a really specific audience that doesn't necessarily play games, right? you're kind of setting yourself up for failure in some ways. It's like a game like Animal Crossing, for instance, it's not targeting solely people who don't play games. It's targeting a large, it's really anyone. It's saying like, we want anyone to be able to play this, which is a bit different, right? So then people who like to play games will come into it. People who don't, I've just- but That's the opposite. That's accessibility rather than super niche. I yeah. think I think the, the, the problem is more, and, and we've said this a few times in a few different ways, the game has to be good before- anything else like girls don't play mario because mario like has a side story with peach where they go shopping they play mario because mario is fun like that and and if if it's not fun it doesn't matter what clothes makeup whatever else it doesn't matter what else is shining the turd up if it's a turd it's a turd and that's why ham taro is good because it's a fun game (laughs) was it ham's hams united or something (laughs) I don't remember, but get out of here. <laughs> hey, that game is actually kind like, of dope. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll see next month, maybe. I was when it wins. Like, from the Otome community, one game that I... There's two games that I've seen a lot, like, in my Twitter feed. 
uh, from the uh, otome community is like Animal Crossing because Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. or uh, the other game that I've been that I've seen a lot, especially because like in the in the Discord of the of the otome community, we have like a sub channel for that is Kenshin Impact. Hmm. That's interesting. But uh, 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 I don't like. It's still like baffles me how blind some people designing games like to either uh i guess this one is like for a young female audience mm-hmm. question mark yeah i mean what? you'd hope so you'd I, you wouldn't do some of the things they've done if you were targeting anyone else yeah oh lord i mean who it knows maybe fine. it'll be a major hit amongst that demographic i don't wow. know we don't know we're all old farts now um but it- it certainly won't be the same way a hit is that Stubbs the Zombie is, I can English. Stubbs the Zombie. Stubbs the Zombie, yo. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited. It, it's just a port, and it's going to be on PS4, so I'm actually going to be able to play it, which is great. I know nothing about so that. So oh. it's one I've wanted to play for a while and never had a means to, and now I will, so I'm very happy. Um, creating a non-existent segue. Speaking of weird names, um, a Project Triangle Strategy. <laughs> Like, I know it's a working title, but you couldn't have come up with anything better than that. Oh, Literally, Octopath Tactics would have been better. Oh, that would have been excellent. Yeah, but well, Octopath, yeah, I yeah, they would want to think. But anyway, it's by I the mean, it, I know it's not in the same universe, it's just the same art, but yeah. it the looks great. Engine, I'm all maybe. about that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. game looks awesome. I like that how they're calling it like the HD 2D thing. Like, I like that as a, as a concept. I think that's a neat idea. And yeah, it's a tactics game. But it only comes out in 2022. There's a demo though that you can play. So I'm not sure how I feel so about far. the demos. That uh, I guess they are quirky because, like, I heard that. Uh, I mean, Bravely Default, like the gameplay came out like pretty polished because of the demo. Yes, because they took feedback on it. They were really proactive about it. And they're taking feedback yep. on this one too. They they have a survey that they're sending out once people play it. I just hope I we we are not seeing a pattern of pretty polished gameplay, but stories suffering. I don't know if it's because of the demos or it's just unrelated. Oh, I think it's unrelated to be honest. But the the reason I say that is like I actually don't think I think they maybe learned their lesson because Octopath Traveler was very much a game that uh, rumor has it no one ever beat, but <laughs> everyone played because um, it's really good. <laughs> but you do get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm done. But this game seems to have learned its learned the lesson because the whole kind of like emphasis on it is that it's very much um, your choices matter, right? So they're saying that like as you play through the game, you can vote on things and it will significantly impact and like the the choices will compound. And so, like, they're trying to kind of say that, like, every experience will be different. Like, when you're playing through it, everyone will play differently. Um, so I'm really intrigued by that. I think that could be really cool. And more importantly, Square Enix has shown that there's, like, an appetite for that aesthetic. And you can see other devs like that. Um, is it Auden Chronicles, the one that was kickstarted? The, uh, the the Suica then spiritual successor. Yes, alliterate. Yeah. Um, I'm... I'm really keen for that to do well as well and then hopefully we just see um more devs like be a little bit more ambitious with their pixel art i love pixel art but like you can have too much generic pixel art and if if devs are are, um empowered to try and and mix that setup up i think that can only be a good thing yeah and then um the rest of the there's just a bunch of like just random games i mean hades physical release that's cool the World, World Ends Club. Club. Oh, World Ends Club. Yeah, that does look neat too. Yeah. 
And I've I been love, waiting for on. an official like trailer and review. Like they really like when the game is gonna come out because one, it is from the Danganronpa, like the mm-hmm. the the people who created Danganronpa, who are no longer in Spike Jonesoft, and they yeah, pretty much like went and founded their their own studio to make their uh, other kind of games. They also did the Nonari games. Yes, they did indeed. Yeah, and this uh, is like some sort of combination and between the two and then like taking it once one step further and i love that and i want it yeah I, I fucking love that they've like almost broken that fourth wall and taken the expectation you have of a game from them and like the the trailer did it with the setup like these kids were all gathered together for a death game and then it just stopped and they went outside and there was i love that as a setup and and I love that they like had the the chutzpah to to go for that yeah, it's because it, it would have been yeah it's it's amazing and I have to be honest like having played a few death game games I wasn't super excited about their new project I mean I was keeping an eye on it but I wasn't I wasn't particularly enthused I would say now I am and that's one of one of the few bright spots from from the the direct for me if if I'm truthful that's one of the few things that that actually got me to pause the game and and, and watch it properly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Um, Hades physical is great. Um, more, more love for super giant games is always a good thing. I'm also um, excited. Like I know this is one of my fantasy critic picks, but Ghost of Goblins Resurrection is looking really good. Um, and I'm like mm-hmm. quite excited. There's all these accessibility things in it. Like there's co-op, which I was like, what? There's co-op um, and like all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm just like, this game might be this little sleeper hit. Cause like, it's the actual creator of, of Ghost and Goblins who came back to make this. This is like kind of his like director's cut dream game of like all the things he's ever wanted in Ghost and Goblins. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's pretty dope. So anyway, here's me crossing my fingers. <laughs> Could bomb. Could oh, be okay. I'm excited about that game because yeah. I've I've seen like reviews from the original Ghost of Goblins, and at first seeing the trailer was like, oh, maybe I can play this. Mm-hmm. It looks interesting. Uh, what also looks like caught my eye is the Age of Calamity expansion. Pass. Speaking of more, yeah, yeah, it's like I am not sure how to feel about this yet because there aren't any details of what the story is gonna be about, and also the uh i like i just saw it like at a glance uh on the on the trailer on the page i don't remember but like the first two parts of the expansion pass is like new weapons so maybe some characters are gonna have like other ways to play as and the third part is like the actual uh meat potato and potatoes of the thing that is like the, the whatever new story they they're gonna do or the new battle scenarios, and that is like they just could have like done everything like in one package. I feel instead of splitting into three. Yeah, but then because they people are gonna buy the expansion pass for the third one, not the the other two. That's <laughs> probably. Yeah, well, point. <laughs> that, that's the trick. A hundred percent. And also, like based on what you said about the game when you played it, and based on what I've heard other people saying. Is more content really what you want from that game? Like being sarcastic a little bit, but like legitimately, do you really want more Age of Calamity? <laughs> no. It depends how it is delivered. Right there, because tells like, you if no. <laughs> yeah, 
Sorry, Paolo. <laughs> yeah, it depends. <laughs> so it really depends on how they want to do things because if they're gonna do like the villain side, I'm like, yes, go all in. Mm. Because I was really intrigued by by what was going on behind the scenes. Like uh, what became of Suka? Because we never see Suka again after whatever happened. I don't even know who this so is. So there are like some loose ends they could uh, use or they could just they could even deliver the original ending that I think everyone was hoping for. But also I see the two researchers that are like Pira and Rovi and they're like with the champions and I'm like are they playable characters now? What are they doing? So I'm like only time will tell. I am cautiously <laughs> optimistic. <laughs> like speaking of cautiously just... optimistic, can I use this as a segue? Go I mean, ahead. go ahead. Fucking Ian Numa pops up. <laughs> it's all like, this is wow. Breath of the Wild too. <laughs> yeah, and, and at that point, I was checked out for the next I ten know, minutes. Right? I have to be honest. Beyond knowing that Skyward Sword HD is a thing, I didn't see any of the other details about it. I was in the middle of a side job and I just played the side job. I watched all of the details of this. So look, I know, allow me to rant first because Paula, I know you're interested in this, but so- And all ranted out in fairness. Yeah, this whole segment <laughs> comes on and Ayanuma's just, it's like the, I know this isn't what you want, but, but, but it's good, I promise. Like that's like what it felt like the entire time where it's like, remember we like this one. And like at one point he even says, this is the last of the conventional Zelda's. Which is more I linear. I did hear that bit. Yeah. I did hear that bit because he's like, this is where some of the stuff from Breath of the Wild came from. I hope you'll give it a try. Straight up. <laughs> it's like they're begging us to play this game. Like, honestly. And like, he was even saying like this thing where like it came across like straight up like, it's a little more linear than Breath of the Wild was. And I'm like, oh my God. I just, I look, why this one? Why this one? This is like the actual one the most complex. I know, I know. Because that's how they do it. They always port the next ones. But I was like, man, also, screw you. Like, put this in a collection with Twilight and Wind Waker on this thing. Package it all together. And yes, I'll buy it. But like, I'm not buying full price Skyward goddamn sword again. That is a 10-year-old game. That is the <laughs> worst of the Zeldas. I am not buying that shit again. Like... I don't even care. Now the Joy-Con are awesome. Those are pretty. But this is the worst of the 3D Zeldas easily. I, I mean, there's some irony to that really, isn't there? There's no way I'm paying full price, which is like 60 US for, for that game again. I'll give you 80 for like a, a nicely painted set of controllers there. Oh, I'm not going to buy them, but yeah, I do I'll, love them. I'll give you more money. But at least the controllers are functional. You know what I mean? Like I have to buy Joy-Con anyway. Like might as well get that one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw a comment on Twitter saying, don't let the Zelda paint job fool you. These are Mario Kart controllers because they're drifting. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like that. Oh, that is amazing. That is amazing. But anyway, Skyward Sword here in July. Um, And you can can use On the other side of the argument. Yeah. Go on the other side of the argument. I'm on the other side of the argument because I was so happy to see Skyward Sword finally in HD because, like, first of all, I'm playing Skyward Sword, like, with backwards compatibility on my Wii U, and it looks, like, rainy, and this looks so clear and pretty. And it's like, yes, I like this because I am one of the few people that really, really likes Skyward Sword and has never had any problem with the controller. 
this game. And I really love the linearity of it because, like, I swear, this is like my uh, one of my favorite either incarnations like of Zelda in this series. It the the story. It is one of the few Zelda games where I actually cried at some points. Jeez, and actually, we had very different experience. (laughs) Yeah, this game also holds like a special place in my heart because uh, one day at home, my sister brought her uh, her Wii. This was like many many years ago. It was probably like in 2010 or 2011, somewhere over there. And my sister brought her uh, Wii U. Uh, home when she was visiting my parents and she was playing Skyward Sword and picked my interest and this is actually the the game that pushed me to go back into the Zelda series and the game uh, this is the game that made me like go like oh okay enough time is on the 3DS I don't have a 3DS I'm gonna get the 3DS and play okay enough time and it was like uh, I could get a Wii but the Wii U is right around the corner, and I ended up getting a Wii U in Skyward Sword. And I have a lot of fond memories with this game because, like, every time my sister came home, I was playing this game. And then when I got my Wii U, I was like at my cousin's home, at my cousin's house with my with with his others, and we were playing Skyward Sword. And it was actually like a lot of fun because like we were like taking decisions together, even though I was the one holding the controller. Even though I didn't finish it because like right when I was about to beat the boss, the final boss of the game, um, school started and I have to store my console like away for the entire year. And then I came back and didn't know how to play anymore. Oh no. So this just in, Skyward Sword is good if you have fond, fond family memories tied to it. Otherwise, stupid game. (laughs) (laughs) And and on the flip side, I, the last time I went home, um, which was a long time ago for reasons that don't need repeating, I brought my, um, my copy of Skyward Sword with me, which I've had since launch. My brother played it. I never found the time to play it. So there's a reasonable chance that when people, assuming they buy it, start playing Skyward Sword HD, uh, I will be playing it in glorious 480p right there with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that would be interesting, maybe. I think, too, we'll just mention... Also, oh, sorry. Probably, yeah. Also, those Jcon controllers, I know they're going to be expensive as seen here. I know I'm not gonna be able to get it like on on any US website because I know it's golfers. Mm. So I really prefer them in Japan. <laughs> I already got that Japan. Finger crossed it makes it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted those controllers. Also, my uh, my Jacob's like they are like four years old and they are getting like. A little unresponsive because of all, of all the use. So yeah. I was like. The, okay, Nintendo I have the could get away with that. To get another set because I was already gonna fix it, but only Nintendo <laughs> fans would go. Eh, my controller's getting a bit tetchy after four years. I not even a full life cycle of the console of use. I guess I'll just buy some special edition ones. That's good. To reason. be fair, oh, I, I have like bother fingers and drop shit all the time. Uh, uh, wow. Why don't we move along? And my sister so... also dropped my controllers, <laughs> so we can get to our Steam games. But they're also they announced Platoon Three, yes. which is cool. I have zero opinion. I hear they're great. I'm really happy for people who like Splatoon. Sincerely. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's going to be cool. And also Japan got a Japan-only 
game, Crayon Shinchan. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. It's like an anime little boy. The game looks really neat. Cell shaded graphics. It looks pretty cool, actually. Um, and it maybe will come to the West. I, I kind of doubt it, but uh, it looks looks kind of neat. Look it up if you're interested. Shinchan's hilarious. It's, yeah. uh, I will be keeping an eye, although I doubt I'll ever get to play it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks interesting. Again, uh, given how I remember Shinchan doing I mean, I remember how the show was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if they are going to bring it to yeah. to the quiz because of how the show was. The developer I have no expectations. did say that they would like to do that, um, but it really just comes down to if they're given the support for it, right? Um, why don't we move yeah. on then? Because um, we've talked lots and lots uh, about the Direct, which was, as we said, underwhelming, but fine, I guess. Um, now let's go to our topic. We- yeah. We're basically going from games that haven't come out yet to games that haven't come out yet. Yes, because uh, <laughs> we're talking about demos. So, so for, for anyone who missed it, Steam um, in the current world events started doing something called the Steam Games Festival. They they seem to be trying to do it quarterly, and I'm all about it. And what they basically do is curate um, a list of, of, of games that are due out soon, i.e. that next quarter, uh, and release demos for them. And you can play the demos. There's some great stuff. I've been turned on to some great stuff that way. Um, I mentioned briefly last week Shady Night, uh, which this is probably a good way in, actually, Alex. It looks like you've played two. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I'm not as impressed with you uh, as you with it, I think. Um, it's fine. I knew it was going to be like that. I yeah, knew it was going to be like that. It's not, it's not bad or anything. Like, it's an interesting game and concept. Uh, just control-wise was a little finicky. Like, there's just moments where, like, I need to pick up things and the, like, hit window for picking stuff up was almost it was so hard to figure out like i was like what's going on why can't i get this here um so i was just a little like i was a little cooled because i think you were so excited by it so when i played it i was just a little bit like oh all right this is fine but if you're really into those like fast movement sort of games i think i think this could be really awesome i started to enjoy it more when i got the bow i found the sword to be kind of lame because it's like you're running around i was like okay i gotta get up real close and like you can throw it though Part of the function is throwing it I know. And, and chaining moves together and kicking and all the rest of it. Yeah. But it's, I'm still very warm on it in case in case you hadn't yeah. told. <laughs> my, my deal was that like I found chaining the moves and going through it didn't really work as well as I would was hoping it would. And I'm sure that there are people who will be able to play this and get super good at it and it'll be very satisfying. I just found that it wasn't necessarily very wasn't really intuitive, I guess, to figure out exactly how the chains like work and good ways of doing it. But that was just me. Um, I still think it's worth checking out when it comes out. It's definitely not bad. It's very interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm a little a little cooler take, I think. That's all. <laughs> um, That's fair enough. Uh, what else have you played? Yeah, so I played Floppy Nights, which I think is fantastic. So this is really cool. Um, this is like a little um, game where you basically... Uh, it's a puzzle game, so it's it's almost like a tactics game. But you summon it's it's a it's a card building tactics game. So it's a deck builder, but it's also an RPG. But it's also this puzzler, and the artwork's adorable and incredible, and it has meaningful like rewards in it. Like you basically enter onto this uh, like grid, and you summon these little creatures, and they're your like you you have them on floppy disks, and there's this thing you created, and they project out, and you have to go and like fight. Uh, these other enemies and you move them with cards and stuff right and you can send different ones and there's all these objectives and there are two objectives in each level and if you complete those objectives you get really excellent new cards 
So it's like really worth trying to get the objectives. It's one of the first puzzle games where I was like, I want to get the objectives. The objectives are meaningful for me. You know, like I was like, this is good. And by the time I beat it, I was like, this game is very good. I want more of this. Like it's, <laughs> I, I think this is a game that could take like, take off hardcore when it comes out. Like it's very good. Chicory as well. I think this is really uh, a very interesting game. It's very cute. You play as this little dog and it's basically this like painting game essentially. So you're, you're this, they're in this world. There are these paintbrush like wielders who like put color into the world and color vanishes from the world. And you're like this, like the, the helper of this lady um, who is the paintbrush wielder and color vanishes and she seems to have vanished and you find her paintbrush. And so you go off to like go paint things and you can just like paint all over with different colors. You can paint your character, all different colors. Um, it's kind of Zelda like there's all these puzzles that involve the paint and it was really, really cute and really fun. And the combat was really neat because it reminded me of undertale a little bit where it had like really interesting sort of like uh, mouse pointer combat that you're using the paintbrush to like do. It felt like really original and, and interesting. Yeah, so highly recommend that one. Uh, I'm just going to stick to three, I think, for now in interest of time. Okay. We've got Oddventure as well, which was interesting. It's kind of like Undertale meets like Earthbound meets Alice in Wonderland. Like all those influences are in it. But it's not as creative as Undertale. It's it's an RPG where you play as this uh, young girl who I think her mother dies in childbirth. It happens in, like the first couple of minutes. And she's sent to this world. But the issue with the game was that the combat, you can do the thing where you like, you know, where you peacefully win encounters. But all the peaceful mechanics are kind of the same. You basically just click like this one button to do it. Um, and I just found that the combat got stale really quick. And it was just a lot of big open areas that you're walking through. And I wasn't very impressed with it. it it's on Kickstarter. Um, so it was clearly just the start. But I don't know. It just felt like something was missing from it. Now, to be fair, this is like a very like proof of concept. And it is interesting enough. The story was interesting to a point, And the humor was pretty good. I'm just like not sure. Even like the pacing in this demo was not, was kind of rough. And I'm like, how are you guys going to do on a whole thing with this? You know? So yeah. Those are the, the three that I would say are were memorable in some way. I play like three games for the from the from the demos. Like uh, one of them was Beacon and Pines, which wa it was interesting to say the least because the way it plays out is like you have these like decisions you have to make, but while writing a book, and at the same time, like you're playing as this character, which by the way, the art style is very, very good. And it looks like these pop-up books or like uh, an illustrated book. It, it looks yeah, pretty good. dioramas I'm looking at on Steam now. It looks wonderful. Yeah, it looks wonderful. I'm not sure if I want to play the full game yet. Because it has very interesting concepts uh, between like... You're being able to go like back in the book if you see your decision isn't uh, carrying you through anything. Or also, you you are you're even uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You want to replay this game many times, like to get to probably the best ending because only through some like through exploration, like in the exploration segments, or through getting some bad endings, you get like this cards that you use to fill in like the blanks in the book hmm. it's 
a little confusing into play sometimes uh, in the sense that at the beginning I wasn't sure what how the these cards were affecting the game but as I went on it started being more interesting I just didn't have the time to fully enjoy it uh, because I don't think I got like all the content from the demo but, but what I saw was pretty interesting also Unbound World Apart or Worlds Apart I think it was I'm inclined to say it gave me like Ori vibes, like in how the art style is, and also like in the sense that it is. I want to say it's a Metroidvania, but I don't think it has like as much exploration as to call it that. But it's okay. not purely like a platform. It's like a. It's also like a platformer puzzle kind of game because you have this little character who uses magic to open like this little portal and mm -hmm. the world changes inside that portal. Like it, it kind of connects you to another world or a parallel world. So in the first in the first um the first thing you are shown is that uh what what is on that portal can change. Like if you see like an enemy in front of you, if you open the portal you can uh, see a uh uh, like a, a stone block that you can like push and use it as a stepping stone to reach higher. Or there is this other portal that follows you around because some stay where you put them and some follow you as you move. And it changes gravity. And it is awesome. Hmm. I And uh, they also like toggle some platforms like in and out of, of sight. So you have to be careful where you are using these powers. And also there's this this one that you're walking through this. I guess it is a dark cave because I don't see shit. But the the area around you, it, it has light. But also as you move, the circle gets like smaller and you have to stay still so you can see like the whole area. So... It has very interesting ideas. It looks super fun. I don't usually like enjoy this kind of games as much, but this one looks super fun. Yes. And finally, oh, no, no, that's cool. You crack them. Okay, um, finally, like, like, and this one is the highlight for me. It is Timberborn. Timberborn is a survival a city builder with weavers. Nice. Humanity beavers that survive humanity. And at the beginning, you don't know what is going on. You don't know how to do shit. Like the tutorial is the, they, they put in the demo. They don't even talk about the most important part that is like the dry season. You have to prepare your beavers for the dry season and have enough food and water to survive. And the second dry season is unforgiving. Like the first one lasts like five days. The second one is like two weeks and more. And it, it was honestly a lot of fun once I got the hang of it. Like even my boyfriend like jumped into fun. Like he was like, "What are you playing?" Because he saw I was playing a thing on the on Steam. I was like, "Oh, it's Steam Wanna What a plate!" And then we were like streaming our games to each other, and uh, and I was like struggling with the second dry season, and then I saw his his screen, and he had like no wood at all he was struggling to get materials and there was like this one piece of forest that was like super far away 
and your beavers have to live nearby to where they work, otherwise they won't do shit. Or they will move from their houses. But there was like this one homeless beaver called Tesha because all the beavers have like a generative name. And Tesha was the MVP of the game. The that homeless beaver went there, got the, the wood, and pretty much carried the rest of the game for him. And like <laughs> it was awesome. Like I wasn't expecting anything from this game. It was like, okay, it seems it's like surviving sim, um, sim City, I don't know, with beavers. Yeah. No, this is like, this was awesome. Like, nice. I highly recommend for everyone to play the demo. Uh, go by the forum. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, like. Well, that that demo is still there, and I might use that as a as a jumping off point if you don't mind, because uh, not all of them are very clear on which demos expired and which ones didn't. And so there were a couple of games I really wanted to play the demos of, uh, including Windjammers Two, where uh, by the time I got round to the demo, uh, that demo wouldn't start; it would just redirect to the Steam yeah. homepage, which was uh, which was very sad. Um, but I I have downloaded loads. Most of them are still there. So my top three, I've got more to pick from. So for, for those of you listening, I played as many games as, as these two combined. And uh, I downloaded, not including the ones I had to delete because they ran out of time, uh, upwards of 50 demos. And I've just downloaded a couple of the ones that you've recommended as well. So uh, between the two of you, so I've got even more to go through in the days and weeks and months to come. But um, ignoring Shady Night, which uh, I've already sung the praises of and you've briefly mentioned... Uh, the three that I would um, shout about first off is Naruto Boy, uh, which is like pixel art, Kung Fury, dripping in 80s synthy vibes. Um, and it's a 2D action platformer with like a little bit of puzzly exploration stuff. The combat is serviceable, but a little bit loose. But the vibe they just get, it, it's very otherworldly. So it's like the... Um, I suppose it takes influence from Tron a little bit in the sense that it's like a rogue AI within the video game um, that that's like trying to conquer the the software has beaten like the developer and and you are the chosen hero that was like playing late at night on their computer that's been sucked in um, and now has to like save it but it's played straight not in a funny way it's like played very seriously and authentically. And it, it lands it because that's an easy one to get wrong, but it lands it. And um, for the aesthetic alone, I, I would have probably checked it out on release, but there's something promising there about the combat as well. So I'm hoping that they'll polish that up before release. Um, the second one is a game called Retro Machina. So uh, imagine Bastion set in like a retro futuristic, almost Bioshock above land sort of world. And combining the Bastion combat with the uh, order little minion robots around to go places and solve basic environmental puzzles of the uh, Clank sections of the classic Ratchet and Clank games. And that's sort of what Retro Machina is. It's nothing that's going to set the world alight, but I feel like there's a solid 8 out of 10 in there. And it's from All In Games, who are the, not All In, sorry, from Super, who are the people who published um, Raji. And like their thing seems to be picking up small promising indies giving them a platform and some promotion and marketing and helping them get off the ground so um that that's piqued my interest in it also uh the final one and this is sort of cheating because it's a game that technically already released 
uh, is a game called Lost Words Beyond the Page. And when I say it released, it released on Stadia. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it didn't. Yeah, I do. It's like um, if if you released, but there was no one in the forest to hear you. Did you even release, sort of thing? I've butchered that. I think I think you know what I mean. Um, it was so interesting, pal, hearing you talk about um, Unbound World Apart because it sort of does that thing a little bit where there's an element of the storybook, but rather than reading the story and picking words, you're like two D platforming through the story, and. Um, it's all narrated by the main character. There's active stuff popping up in and around. It's like a echoing the story that she's telling. And then it flips between that, which is really basic sort of pencil art, and uh, the story that she's writing in this journal that she's been bought for her birthday. Um, and that's a much more fleshed out 2D platformer. Um, the interesting thing with the puzzles they do there is the puzzles are magic words. So the two examples that you use in the demo are the magic word rise, which allows you to raise platforms, um, lift up heavy objects, stuff like that. Um, and a word called repair, which allows you to fix broken stuff, sort of like you do in the Lego games where you hold circle and all the Lego bricks just go together. And as well as ones you get permanently, the game supposedly will have like temporary situational words as well. So it, it seems like there's scope for them to do some interesting stuff with that. The story from what little I've seen is really nicely put together and told. And, and I think there's real promise in that one. We're going to skip the question of the week this week because we are far too verbose and we don't have time. So sorry for him. We will take your questions again soon. I promise. Third week lucky. Third yeah. week lucky. Next week is a special episode though. So you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, there's something special. Uh, so we're going to move on. <laughs> I'm just shutting her down. Oh, yeah, we're going to move on to... Um, Jeff Keighley's Game of the Year at the Game Awards. That's how long to beat the game. The game. The game. Oh, yeah. Um, I've already got it pulled mm. up here. Uh, this is a little bit of an obscure one. Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater, a Wii U title. Oh, no. So... Oh. oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. I almost re-rolled on this because I was like, I don't know. But then I was like, nah, Fatal Frame. That's, that's a known series. Um, okay. I uh, I think I already know what I'm saying. So let's figure this. <laughs> I have no idea. No, I... It's going to be fun because like this is one of the few games that, that didn't catch my attention in the Wii U. <laughs> because, well, it looks spooky at some, at some point. And it also looked like something I couldn't play like in the Blueberry Room. Yeah, that's probably fair, actually. It um it looks interesting, but at the same time, like the kind of game I would never have any interest in playing, if that makes any sense at all. Does it makes perfect sense, honestly? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing for this one. For someone I who's just the game oh, no. already pulled up, you didn't sound filled with confidence. Well, no, I'm not filled with confidence at all about this. <laughs> That's why I almost wanted to reshuffle. I was like, no, do a different oh, one, but I don't know. Are we ready? Three, okay. two, two, one. one. So no. I have main eight hours, main plus nine, completion 10. Rick has main seven Ooh. hours, main plus 10 hours. Paula has main six hours, main plus nine hours, 100% 10 hours. We're kind of all the same. So we're going to know real fast here if we're correct. Yeah, or you've both got more leeway, which could prove decisive. Oh, I think we're all screwed. So main story is 14 hours. 
Main plus extra <laughs> is 18 and a half. Completion is 23 and a half. No points this week. We screwed it up badly. <laughs> yeah, we did. I was going a little too low. Ah, dang, I should have got higher. <laughs> you could say we used it up really badly. Oh. <laughs> Oh. That, is, that, is, that is a pun to go out on is what that oh, is oh that really is well that's it for this week's episode next week we have a special guest coming on so stay tuned for that Rick um, is going to Pajel yeah he's going to Pajel <laughs> Rick's still leading with 20 points Alex with 15 and Paolo with 10 see you later everybody. I'll catch up Till next you. week bye